Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. No, he was just, uh, the, the team wasn't here, so, you know, uh, we have family dinner uh, for the for the coaches, you know, 5.30 to 6.30, so they're all the families were in the cafeteria. He was in there with them, so it was pretty cool to see all the kids running around and the coaches and the families being able to uh, interact with Dick, but it, it was awesome to have him in here. It was it was special. You know, I got a chance to take him up to my office and, uh, and show him the Monsters of the Midway behind my desk, and, of course, he's on top, which is cool, and uh, he, he really liked seeing that, and uh, we had a, just, uh, it was a joy to visit with him, um, and, and his son was here, too. It was cool. It's Coach Ibraflus talking about the Dick Buckus social media takeover. He went viral, man. He was all over my damn feed, not just from the Bears, but just everyone was retweeting. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, live and local on 670 The Score on a Friday. Somebody tweeted in or texted in, excuse me, said any strain is technically a tear. So, studs, you got a tear in your quad, not just a, not just a baby strain. Yeah, whatever. Is that guy a doctor? I'm not a doctor either. He's a personal know. trainer. Oh, okay. <laughs> there he literally I'm put a doctor. Let's put an end of all P.T. Josh. All right. Josh. All right. Fine. I'll take his word for it, I guess. I guess you know what you're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, so now we know why Jalen Johnson isn't, isn't playing anywhere. Groats, take me through this audio, man. You know how much I love hearing from the Bears directly. I love deciphering exactly what they're saying, and I can't wait to give my opinion on what it is that you have. All right, this first cut, believe it or not, is on on its surface, it's not going to sound like a deep cut, but it is a very deep cut because – I listened to it again today, and there are there are a couple of ways to interpret it. But on the overall, Gabe, and I, I definitely want to hear first right out of this what you think first, and then I'll give you my multi-dimensional look mm. at this cut here. But one thing that I have that we're seeing in the tiny sample size with Matt Eberflus is that he's a pretty good in-game coach. Take a listen. We do make adjustments, you know, obviously in-game adjustments, in-game tactics where you're changing, adjusting, you know, uh, fixing an issue that you might have in a series, you know, series by series. You know, halftime for us is very organized. Uh, we have a lot of information given to the players from up top. Um, and the way we do it, I'm not going to disclose all that, but uh, um, I think it's very good. And, and the players know exactly what's going to come in the second half um, in terms of what we're going to call and how we're going to uh, attack um, an offense. And uh, that's just uh, – we've had that in place for quite quite a few years now. Okay. Okay. I, I hear what he's saying there. 
Isn't that music to Bears fans' ears, though, when you hear the word adjustments and adjustments being made? And a team that in the second half so far this year has not allowed a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, they've been really good. I think 12 points in all is what they have allowed. Yeah, San Francisco, three points in the second half, Green Bay six, and then this past weekend against the Texans, another three points. So it's not just offensive adjustments. It's defensive adjustments as well. And you heard Khalil Herbert talk about it not only after the first game, but after this third game, talk about the adjustments that were made at halftime. And it says a lot. I mean, when you're thinking about the best teams in the NFL, granted the Bears aren't there yet, but in the direction that they're headed in, if you're laying a foundation, it is one where, yes, you make adjustments at halftime, and then you implement them. And you don't you don't remain stubborn and stick to what it is that you feel is going to work, despite what the other team is showing you. Yes, and... That is all good. It, but in this case, in this case, in a Bears team that has done, they have done another another strong suit of Matt Eberflus. They have done what they have had to do or what they have felt they have had to do to win games, to win games. And it, it ain't pretty. And to win games, they have decided – that they have to run the hell out of the ball. They've done that successfully. And, and they have played good, timely, hits, principal defense. So they have done those things. They have grinded out these wins in coaching. Here's what I'm getting to, though. And now I'm waiting for it. Is this in conflict with the development of Justin Fields? No, absolutely not. Because Justin Fields is a winner, and he wants to win by any means necessary, so he doesn't necessarily he doesn't care. And I think that what they understand is that they need a game manager they, the, with who they have. Right? Luke Etsy said it from the very beginning. You think Justin Fields wants to be a game manager? I think he wants I don't to think win. So. I think he wants. I, I, I think he'd rather win. Than, oh, I than, think he wants to. I know he wants to win, but I also think one A, one B is open it up. Let me be. Let me. Let me be the guy that you win because of, not the manager who's part of the team. Let the, me be one but, of those elite but guys. But, Grody, the hope is that that will happen, happen throughout the course of a year. And I think that's the beauty of these first couple of games. A winning team and a winning franchise finds ways to win. Not every You're not going to be able to win it the same every single week. And I think that when the Bears winning this way, it, it, it allows for – that space, like like we mentioned against the Giants, let's say you know he does come out and, pa- and complete seventeen passes, <laughs> right, and throw for two hundred and some yards, and then then that way you're not running the you know you're running the ball maybe in the fourth quarter because you don't need yeah. to pass. Again, I I, I I like it because it imagine what it, what it would do to his confidence if he was having those bad games and they were losing. And the, mm, so yeah. so you're having yeah. these bad games and you're winning it, and he th- then can say to himself, if I just play a little bit better. And then, then you can grow from there. If I play a little bit better, imagine what we're going to do. Then he does that. And then it's like, man, imagine if I can just be an elite quarterback, what this team can do. If, if, if they do miss the playoffs by a game yeah. or two this year, and then next year they make it and they lose in the first round, and the year after that, then maybe they're competing at a higher level. That's the progression that I, I want Justin Fields to be on. But he needs that confidence, not only from his coaches to allow him to pass the ball, which is what you're saying, and I wholeheartedly agree with. I feel there, like there were some instances, some, some drives, where they could have leaned on Justin a little bit more. Because you went three and out anyway. So you might as well you know, get, allow him to build his confidence up. So I agree with you there. 
But when when talking about the progression of Justin Fields and does it hinder him, I I I, I don't think it does because winning does more to an NFL athlete than than losing and then still hoping that they they can pull out a different uh, outcome. That's a great point, but is it sustainable like that? Is it sustainable to win games and be a good team if your quarterback is not good? And I think that's what they're evaluating, Mark. I think that's what they're doing in real time. They're allowing okay. themselves to say, hey, you know what? This ain't the guy that can take us to the next level in that, in, in that progression that I was just mentioning. Man, they are evaluating in real time, aren't they? I mean, and they've made no apologies about that, and I'm down with that. Agreed. You know, I mean, it was a little bit surprising that because I kind of figured, honestly, when Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus came in, what I figured and figured incorrectly was they're going to love getting their hands on Justin Fields. Mm. And this is, they're probably like, wow, we get to work with Justin Fields, but it hasn't been like that. And that's okay. That's that, as you said, man. And they are evaluating in real time, and I got no issue with that. It's the right way to do it, even if it surprised me at first. And All ha- right. And, and having ahead. having been around them, right? Having been around Eberflus and Poles, you can say that's in a line with the way they operate, right? Like these guys, these these two guys are not the two guys that are like. Rah rah, sis boom ba. Here's a quarterback, no. and they they are not those guys at all. They are not. They are not. And that's, that's the cool thing about it. And, and, and so what we will see at the end of this experiment is a, is, a, is a molded Justin Fields that can produce for your team or management that will walk away from him in a heartbeat. And they have zero <laughs> problem doing that. Right. Well, here another example of what you're bringing up is maybe the best example on the team is Roquan Smith. Oh, Roquan Smith, you think you could just come in and ask for a hundred million dollars? Ain't gonna happen. You know, you, you put out this really nice letter to the fans and mentioning all the great Bears linebackers. Eh, nice move. <laughs> it's gonna make us talk, but you ain't getting it. So True. you're still not getting the money. So it's it's a good point. They they look at it the way they're supposed to look at it unemotionally. But Roquan Smith, um, it, as we talked with our reporter from the New York Post earlier, talking about that little duel that Roquan Smith and Saquon Barkley will have, and that he, I think what he said was that the the guy from New York, that Roquan Smith was the only guy to use press coverage against Saquon, as in getting right up on him. Um, whether in the past, I assume in passing situ, it was in passing situations, obviously. And so I, I didn't realize there was a little thing between them. That said, here's what Roquan Smith was saying about Saquon. Oh man, he's a dynamic runner, and you know I, he's been that way since college. So got a lot of respect for the guy, the way he runs the ball, and the way he approaches the game. So I think it'll be a great matchup for the defense, great matchup for me to be able to go out there, put my arms on a, uh, a good back like Saquon, get some nice tackles on him. He does a lot of different things, but hey, that's what uh, makes me me. So I look forward to uh, those opportunities to go against a uh, back like that when I do have those opportunities. Gertie, I've always liked Roquan Smith. I love him now. The way he's talking, the way he's the way he is after the games, he's taking the social media camera and doing selfie videos with the fans. He just yeah. he seems so jovial. I'm just like, dude, I love you. I love what you're doing right now. That's what I like how he said too, and that that's what makes me me. So, Roquan, <laughs> hey man, l- listen, 
it's true. Roquan Smith, I, I don't know what the odds are. You'd know this better than I in terms of how this would work, but the odds of Roquan Smith coming back to the Bears are probably not great, or at least not in the Bears' favor, unless they decided to go franchise tag, which I, I don't know. That That's another whole conversation in regards to that. But this could be just a very entertaining year from Roquan Smith. I mean, he, he's going to try to play at the peak of his powers, knowing that he's betting on himself. And the first two games were not a great example of full-force Roquan. But in that last game, man, and the exasperation when he threw that football up in the air and the way he's <laughs> going to be motivated in games, it could, it's always circle those players because, you know, they're on your team and maybe they'll come back to your team. But typically they have entertaining seasons on and off the field. Yeah, it's going to be a situation. Where's my bucket at? Got to throw a dollar in there. Uh, it's the same as, as, you know, the Bulls and Zach Levine, where, you know, they're going to have to make a statement not only to the players on their team, but to the league and the players around the league and letting them know, hey, yes, we're a new regime, but we take care of our players if they perform at a high level. That's and, true. And that's yeah. what they could be doing in, 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 in Roquan's case. Well, if they were to, you know, had a change of heart on Roquan or if, if he did, that would be saying a lot because that would be saying that we think our window is open. Now, mm. the, the way this roster is now, it feels like it's just cracked open, but who knows? I mean, the Bears have a ton of cap space in the off season, and maybe this is the one year where it's developmental. I mean, rebuilds in the NFL ain't like uh, rebuilds in any other sport just because of the 17-game the season nature of it. So, so who knows? But... Roquan um, and Saquon, that's going to be a good game matchup to watch. And Nick Morrow, um, was t- I had some time to talk with him this week, and he's you know takes his usual very cerebral approach about football, and he just says it in 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 a nicer way, just the nitty gritty thing. So so those two guys, man, keep an eye on Morrow and Smith for the Bears because they'll be playing the key part and obviously the big guys up front. Nothing like some Bears talk on a Friday evening, and we will continue to do just that. More audio from your favorite draft, or excuse me, favorite Bear players on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's the challenge for you in figuring out how much, I guess, mentally and physically he can handle the moment he is clear? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that's, it is difficult. You know, he's been conditioning, working in there. Um, you know, we're just, we'll see where he is today. We'll work him in. Um, you know, individual, have limited reps during the course of practice, you know, get some practice squad, you know, uh, uh, practice side reps, and, and we'll see where he is, and then we'll work him in. You know, we have a plan. We've had a plan uh, for him to come back in there and then had to move it back a little bit, so it's, it's been in place for a couple weeks. Gabe and Grody live and local on a Friday night here on 670 The Score. That was Coach Eberflus talking about the Swiss Army knife himself, Phelis Jones Jr., so, essentially, it would have been him taking those sweeps instead of Equinemius St. Brown. Is that what he's saying, Grody, right there in those moments? Something like that that did look like a gig for Valus Jones, and <laughs> he, he was asked about that. It's funny. He was he was asked, like, hey, do you think about getting you know into the play calling in that way? And he just kind of he, – he goes, house call. <laughs> and the and then mean? I think the reporter asked, what? what? And he goes, house call. As in, take it to the house. He would, he would have taken it to the house. Yeah, I was just thinking, Valus Jones with his speed probably scores on that play. It's I have possible. zero problem with that, or at least get out of the hands of some of the defenders that would stop an Equinemius. I mean, hey, as it man. is, forty yards was still pretty good. I, I learned from having a conversation with Khalil Herbert at his locker this week that there's nothing more agonizing to a player, or maybe just to a running back or to him. But it sounds like that putting it in context, it's everybody. Getting caught from behind sucks. Mm. They hate it. Like he had that rumbling run, Khalil Herbert did of what was it, fifty three yards last week against Houston. Yeah. But then he but he got taken down. He was just talking about it. And I and I even said to him, I said, I didn't didn't really even think about that. I just think about that's an explosive fifty three yard run that led to I think a field goal in that case. And but to him it was like, Yeah, it was good, but I got caught. Oh, we you see know? the we see the angle of pursuit by the yeah. defenders. We see the guys yep. behind. We know he's about to get caught where he we himself know. is like, Oh, I could have juked left <laughs> and really got out of there. Uh, yeah. Grody, let me let me point out some before we get back to this audio, it's some really interesting stuff, man, because you know, I want to ask you the question who has scored the most points in the NFC North? Which team? Yeah, what team? Well, I guess Minnesota? Nope, Detroit. 95. Jeez. 95 points. Minnesota's at 58. They scored 37 more points than the Minnesota Vikings. It's incredible. <laughs> wow. Who scored the least amount of points in the NFC North? Bears. 
the Green Bay Packers. Come on. 48 points for the Green Bay Packers through three games. The Bears have put up 52. Just want to put that, put those out there when you're making your arguments against your homies and you're in your group chats. Just let them know the two teams that you would not think are the leader and the, the lowest point total getters in the NFC North. So does it mean offenses just aren't good right now? I'm just saying we're better than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I love the way you look at things, man. It was like the way we started the show. And you're the, wait, come on. The Bears are underdogs? They're way better than, way the, better Giants. than the Giants. Uh, but oh, they, could, they could use a guy like Valus Jones Jr., Sunday to put up some more points, couldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. And he is, as you said, he is the the supposed to be the the Swiss Army knife, and he can change the way defenses look with his speed and his you know his biggest trick in college was his ability to elude the first tackler, and you know he was terrific in that regard. He's been out with a hamstring injury. He has not played a down in the NFL yet this week, but this was probably his most encouraging week since he endured the injury as he was, you know, he practiced every day leading up to today when he practiced in full. In other words, he was taken off of the, well, he's still on the, the injury list. He is questionable. I do believe that's the designation. Um, so it was so encouraging to see him practice. Here's the way he was talking about it just a couple of days ago in terms of where he is and where he thinks he's going with his hamstring injury. My heart, my head, my soul in it. But, you know, if my hammy is not in it, you know, that's an issue. Every week, you know, um, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting on the field. And so, you know, like I said, we're just going to stack um, every day, each day at a time. What do they tell you to look for? Like, how are you going to know when it's finally calmed down and ready? Well, that would be um, me and the trainer, uh, Andre. You know, we'll communicate that. You know, we talk each and every day. And so just sticking to the game plan, um, building up to that. Is this the best you have felt, though? Yeah, most definitely. So in, in your head, you'd be good to go to play the full football yeah, game? That's always in my head. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so there's no difference then, really, on this Wednesday than, like, last Wednesday, or is there? No, I felt really good today. So you, like I said, you know, I keep communicating, uh, make sure I'm doing what I can for this team, uh, rehabbing and getting myself back 100% so I can give them my all on Sundays. What can he? What can he add, though? I mean, is he some sort of you know, I don't know, godsend to then make Justin Fields or the offense operate at a higher level? <laughs> That's such a great question because we are putting that on his plate. You know, it's like okay, this is the guy who the offense was supposed to run. Not really, not really. He, Valus Jones Jr., could end up being a very good weapon for the Bears, but. To your point, he is a rookie, and it's going to take time. And is he fully ready? How how will he be on a pitch count, so to speak, in the game if he indeed does play and there are no more setbacks? So yeah, there's it's not Valus Jones is not the magical pill, but at the same time, Gabe. There's room for him. Nobody else has really distinguished yeah. himself in that wide receiver core, as we were talking about earlier, and that includes Darnell Mooney, who has not distinguished himself in this Bears receiving core yet. There is, you know, when we when we are using Equinemia St. Brown, he's played well, and I'm happy for him that he's been able to possibly reclaim his career after Green Bay, but I don't think you want him as your ace wide receiver at the end of the day. So there's room for Valus Jones Jr., but we should not assume that he's 
going to step in and things are going to change for the offense. Bayless Jones Jr., 25. Darnell Mooney, 24. That's amazing. You can play that with a lot of games. <laughs> you I know. can play that with just about all the players. It's, just, it's interesting when you see that. Another thing I, I, that stands out to me is just the height. You know, Bears obviously looking for that guy they can just put the ball up and, and throw it to. Equinemius, you know, it's just I don't know. A strong guy seems good. Cool, He's got that but it just height. Doesn't doesn't have that like dog in him. It seems nope. like where you can just throw it up to him, right? And then when you look at Vilas Jones Jr., you're cut from the same cloth as Don, Dante Pettis, Byron Pringle. Hovering right in that six foot range, uh, along with Darnell Mooney. So, you know, I try to think about what kind of weapon he can be. Is he a, is he a, you know, break a tackle and 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 and, and you know have some breakaway speed kind of a guy? I, I just I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I mean, and he is that kind of guy. I mean, he that was his like I said, he was great at breaking tackles, and he's got like his speed. When we did get to see him in the OTAs in the training camp, when he was out there, his speed was noticeable. And I and I wasn't trying to project either. I remember being out there and saying because we all have our rosters out there, and there's 90 guys, so you you really have to look up. You don't I don't know the numbers yet, and I see a guy just dashing. I'm like, who is that? And it was Valus Jones. So. The speed stands out. I mean, that much I could tell you. Will that translate to the field on game day? That we don't know. If Justin Fields can throw a soft pass to the outside when they when they uh, when they're doing the wide receiver screen, then maybe we could do that. You know, I was watching Rush from the uh, Cowboys on Monday, and he was doing the wide receiver screen, and it just looked like a nice catchable easy ball. Sure, it didn't get there with the speed of Justin Fields' throw, but you just said to yourself, "Yeah." I feel like that's what you should be doing when you're trying to get it out to Darnell Mooney on a wide receiver screen instead of whipping it at his ankles, you know, for him to try to catch it. <laughs> well, well, why why don't we hear from Darnell Mooney? Because mm. Mooney, as we all know by now, or if you don't know the story, I'll refresh you. After the Bears win over Houston at Soldier Field last week, Darnell Mooney, who had had not had a good game, matter of fact, had a drop, was out there working the jugs machine, taking footballs out of the jugs machine for a good hour after the game. And which is not you don't see that kind of thing a lot. Then there are examples of other things athletes have done in other sports, but that one was new on me. So and Darnell Mooney was out there doing that and for the first time since then this week he spoke about what was going on out there. Had a drop ball. Just a fresh right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Feel better when it was done or not? Uh, no. Still a little fresh right now. Um, just overall, just not happy about my performance at all. Just had the opportunities, you know. Had um, some chances to, you know, to make a some type of play and uh, just didn't be me. So was it more than just that one job? Uh, I mean, yeah. It was that overall and just, just not me, you know, being a, a big player, playmaker for the, for the team. It was just, uh, I mean, offensively, I, I didn't think um, I, I helped out as much as um, – I plan to, and um, I mean, without Eddie and defense and, and Roquan on the last one, it's like, like what do we, what do we really do besides running it? Running it is absolutely amazing. So, just uh, passing game wise, I was just overly frustrated, just not being a playmaker uh, that I plan to be. Mark, what do you, what would you say? I mean, you've been around Darnell Mooney a lot. What would you say is his psyche? How has it been affected? over the course of these first three games and his lack of involvement in the Bears' offense? I mean, he has a great way of putting it on himself, as you heard in the tone 
right there with Darnell Mooney speaking, but his, his head's still up. He's still in there smiling. He's still yucking it up with the guys in the locker room. He is not defeated in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, I mean, last week or the week previous, you know, when he didn't have a good game against Green Bay, he was talking about, hey, you know, it's not good right now, but pretty soon we'll make a couple plays and you guys will all be talking about how great the connection is with Justin Fields and I. And I think that's the bigger picture right now, Gabe. I use the word chemistry. Right now, those two don't have good chemistry mm. between them as quarterback and wide receiver and it, not so much in the Houston game as going back to the Green Bay game when they had the there was the one deep attempt to Darnell Mooney but the two were not on the same page and it was more on Mooney but according to I think it was Luke Getz he was talking about Justin Fields could have done more on that play to work him open to use his mm. eyes to get him open and to me that's the definition when you hear both sides of it that's the definition of a lack of chemistry right now between the two and just like everything that that goes in the same category as everything with Justin Fields that is something that can definitely get better and most likely will get better considering the talents of both of them what would you say to the casual Bears fan that's saying like What's going on? Why can't Justin Fields get Darnell Mooney the ball? I think that there's the other part of it, too, is that you and I have touched on this, and Matt Eberflus has been, I think, trying to say it and not wanting to call any of his guys out and doing the NFL coach dance where you overpraise your players or don't call anybody out. He has mentioned that the the beyond the footwork – and the timing, which is are two specific things that were mentioned about Justin Fields. Those two things got to get tightened up. But the it comes back to the offensive line and him not having enough time to feel comfortable, to feel comfortable when he goes back. Now, that's also something that Justin Fields has to get better at is managing the stress and managing the pressure and stepping up in the pocket and climbing the ladder and putting himself in a better position to still make a play and not get sacked or feel like he has to eject the pocket. So those are things that, that he is learning for sure. And, you know, I imagine the, I mean, none of this is because the, the good thing about Justin Fields, if we're still on the side of that, that he's got rare ability and that he's going to be a great quarterback someday, the, the physical tools ain't going away. They're, they're, they are there. He is, runs a 4-3. He is, he has a strong arm. He is an athlete. He is a leader. None of that stuff. The, the physical stuff, I'll leave the leadership stuff out, that's not going away. That's not going away. So that part is down. If somebody can and if he can progress into or be molded into a great quarterback, the Bears will have something, and that's still not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, and it's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, here on 670 The Score talking Bears, and specifically Justin Fields and his relationship with Darnell Mooney. Right. Is there anything different or anything going on offensively, defensively, what they're showing you that's not nah, translate to the regular? We still have the connection. Um, you know, we're not gonna force it. I feel like you know, y'all talking about it. You know, I was staring him down a few, a few, too many times in the game. So, um, you know, and you know, he probably told me that too. Like, bro, don't try to force anything. Just let it all come. And um, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. So, you know, when 
you know, the time comes, that time will come. But you know, Grody, I I listen to Justin Fields a lot. Listen to all his press conferences, and there always comes a moment where he turns into himself. You can just tell how he mm-hmm. talks, his, his level of comfort. And then he has these moments where, you know, it's like not not annoyed, but it's like, hey, man, I'm just I'm doing I'm doing the quarterback interviews, you know, and I, I don't know how to I don't know how to take that because I, I, I want a certain type of quarterback. Yeah, and I'm being selfish, talking about me, myself personally. But but then again, I, I want him to be about business. And so, you know, I can see the argument made for that. But I just I don't know. There's something there. I can't pinpoint what it is about Justin Fields and 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 maybe it's something like from a personality standpoint but when he's himself he seems so likable he seems so chill and then he gets into these moments where I'm listening to him and you know well you guys said this and then this and this and that it's like dude yeah, just, well, you know he he and this might be a good thing or it's something that I that is that most human beings don't have or possess he's not trying to be liked you know what I mean? Like At all. He's not, right? He's not He's not trying to endear himself, as in not going out of his way to pander. He doesn't pander. He doesn't pander yeah. to the fans. He doesn't pander. He is, There is no hyperbole in him. And these are all probably good traits, actually. I mean, we could have a whole, you know, another conversation on that from a psychological standpoint is he he just has humility about him and he's not going to try to bring big time attention to him. But I understand what you're saying, that he is the the most important part of the Bears organization. He's the mo- he's the most popular player in Chicago right now, probably. I mean, well-known in terms yeah, of being I think the it's quarterback about, of the Chicago Bears. I think it's about, I guess as I'm talking through it, you know, I just want him to I just want him to be himself the whole interview, right? Like, be that guy. Like, smile, say what you're going to say. And you can say the same things. It's a, I guess it's, it's the demeanor in which he does it because, because you know it's in there deep down inside, you know? And so it's like, it's like Grody, when I talk to you, when I talk to you, I hear you on other shows, but when I talk to you, I, I try to get the, my grody out of there. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> right, we, we are right. having our own conversations, yeah, and that's, yeah. what I, that's what I like, and that's what I would want a little bit more from Justin Fields. And I, Listen, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm being picky here. I'm talking about his personality and not his play on the field, but I feel like that all comes to – that all uh, to me, it's like the, all the same. You know, if there's a level of yeah. comfort behind the microphone, if there's a level of comfort in, in your leadership and your ownership of the team, then that will then – I don't know. I feel like that will then be displayed on the field as well because you'll have that same level of confidence. Yeah, he doesn't sound excited during his press conferences. And, you know, again, looking at it, I don't know what he's seeing when he's looking at the sea of Bears reporters. Does he look at it as as a bunch of people trying to play gotcha? Has Justin Fields been burned before? Was he, Good point. Was he, was he also the other, last thing, Gabe? Was he warned? Was he warned? And I'm sure he was. All you know, high-profile guys get some kind of coaching for the media, and I'm sure the Bears offer that assistance as well. I mean, I know they do. Um, that's part of their jobs, to prepare them for what they might be asked about. Um, but has this just been harder when Justin Fields gets in front of a sea of reporters and he's l- looking at them? Does he just look at it as you know people just firing at him, trying to get him to trip up or say something out of the realm? Yeah, I, I will, we'll continue to see what that looks like. But as long as he's winning, 
I could care less. Just go ahead. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm being picky right now, but go ahead. Be, 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 have your monotone, you know, uh, Bueller's teacher <laughs> kind of vibe Bueller. to you. Bueller. Yeah. Like, I don't care as long as you're winning. And you, you know what? There, there could be a specific reason. Bueller. <laughs> there it is. Stunts is having a night, Stunz, folks. Yeah, Stunts is killing it today. Um, there is another reason uh, why, why some players can point to as to why the Bears are winning. Uh, Lucas Patrick touched on it. We'll play the audio from him on the other side, and we'll see if you agree with it. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, live and local on a Friday right here on 670 The Score. I definitely prefer one position, and I think you could probably guess which position it is. Uh, it's a position I was assigned to a team to play. I just enjoy the battle of that, the mental and the physical. At the end of the day, the opportunity to play in the NFL is so short, and I saw that early in my career, uh, which I look at as a great learning lesson that I don't want to be back out of the league. So if they need me to play anything, I'll and give them everything I got. Lucas Patrick sounding like... All three of us, Adam, Gabe, and Grody, we'll do whatever we got to do just to keep our job. Uh, that uh, was on Bears All Access right before our show. But uh, two of the best over there, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, sometimes Jim Miller. Uh, Lucas Patrick, though, touched on a very important subject, and it is the second halves of these three Chicago Bears games that have been played so far. As you mentioned earlier, Grody, they've only given up 12 points in total over the course of those three games. But but Lucas talked about what he feels is the reason the Bears are doing so well in the second half. I've always thought I was in good shape, but this is a different shape. And it's not that I ever played in a bad shape. It's just this is a different style of working. And um, it's good. I mean, we firmly believe if we get a team in a close battle in the fourth quarter – they didn't work like us. And like I can say it because I have, I have never ran like I've run here before. I have never drilled like I've drilled here before. And when we get in the fourth quarter, I feel fresher than I've ever felt before with, you know, six years prior of being in the NFL. So um, it's definitely worth it. But, like, it's it's eye-opening. Like, you gotta you got to bring your lunch pail literally every day because nothing is given from Coach Flus or SEMO. And I love it because it, it – we have an edge. Like, we believe the fourth quarter is ours. Hard hat, lunch pail. Lucas, Lucas Patrick mm. talking about the difference in the second half and being in the best shape of his life. Grody, when you hear that, is that sustainable throughout the course of a season or is that something that's just benefiting the Bears in what Lovey Smith would call the first phase of the season? First of all, it sounds awful, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I'm listening to him and I'm like, Sheesh! I'm glad I don't have to go through that. Oh, that's like you guys. I've stuck never worked with... hard. You're in the NFL talking about. I've never worked harder. I've never done drills yeah. at a higher pace. There's 32 coaches in the NFL, yeah. and you got stuck with the cardio guy. Yeah. Damn! Damn it! And it, it does. I mean, just from my perspective, it sounds horrible, but it's actually a very sound 
formula that has a lot of logic to it, with the logic being that if these guys learn how to huff and puff and play with that kind of stamina during these practices at that level, at that level of cardio, I'll just simplify it like that, then when they get in, the philosophy is that when they get into the fourth quarter, they'll be stronger, and it seems like so far they have felt that, and that is a that's a thumbs up to Matt Eberflus. And then you asked the question, Gabe, is it sustainable? It must be because this is a system, this hits philosophy has been around for decades. And Matt Eberflus has had success with it when he was in Indianapolis. So it has shown to be sustainable. At the end of the day, you need players, though, in whatever system. But this system does seem to be a little bit more accessible to players that might not be you know, five stars out of five. And I totally understand that. And and I think you're absolutely right when you're talking about, you know, what's been happening for the last decade with Coach Eberflus. And a lot of guys have spoke highly of him and what he's done to his defenses and how hard he has them playing. You've seen Indianapolis suffer from not having him there. And it, it it's good to hear. I just, again, I worry that over the course of a 17-game season that, you know what, screw it. No, I don't. Because you know what? The Bears lost so many games last year. Uh, because of that fourth quarter defense, and so it's good to see. It's good to hear that yes. Eberflus has them prepare properly. Right, it looks like, and and the the Bears were kind of in shambles too last year. So hopefully, it's the opposite effect, and that it is sustainable. And I would imagine too, Gabe, that believe it or not, if there had started to be, if if the injuries started to become a collective concern. That in those practices, which we don't get to see right now, I think he, believe it or not, would take his foot off the accelerator a little bit. Like he's just, he's not, like, hits principle crazy. You know, it's not going to yeah. be, you get out there limping and, you know, we're not going to have a situation like that. So I do think he would have a little bit of discretion if need be, if it started to become, you know, your word unsustainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was cool to hear Eberflus. Talk about uh, the different types of fumbles. That was great. Oh yeah, man. Oh, this was this was great because he was talking about the Bears had had failed to jump on a on a potential turnover against Houston at Soldier Field. It slipped through his legs. That's yeah, what it was. That's what it was. That's what it was. So that question came up, and you know, guy's ability to do that and what the art is. So here's the fluce on fumble, and something I I learned. Is there a right technique to use when falling on a fumble? Yes. What is that? Um, I'm not gonna say. But uh, yes, we have we have a, what we call a city fumble and a country fumble. You know, so a city fumble. I know you guys will eat this up. I'm sure it'll be all. <laughs> so city fumbles. You know, picture yourself in downtown Chicago, right? It's all crowded in there. Well, you need there's a way to j- dive on that. And then a country fumble is w- wide open spaces. That's when you have to you know you bend your an- ankles, knees, and hips, scoop and score, um, and then go up the numbers. And we always have a wall return up the numbers, but. Uh, but there's a lot that goes into it. I did not think it was possible for me to love Coach Eberflus any more than I already do. <laughs> but the so fact glad. that the fact that he can look at that on a micro level and say, "No, no, no!" Every aspect of the game I've dissected, and I can give you an answer for every single. And the the fumble is included in that. Oh, guys, I love that. First of all, I love this also. But secondly, his usage I I had his uses of the term scoop and score. I've had that term stuck in my head since my freshman year of high school because 
our defensive coordinator my first couple years in high school was obsessed with like we drilled the scoop and score scoop all the score. time he was obsessed with it every time i hear it i hear his voice scoop and score <laughs> and then we finally did it the varsity finally did it in one game my sophomore year and he lost his mind it was like a five-yard scoop I and score against, you. Yeah, it was like a five-yard <laughs> scoop and score against a terrible team and he just lost his mind well the thing is this right studs is that you hear coaches not only do they preach scoop and score but they also preach jump on the ball right and so it's interesting to hear instead of there being one sole philosophy, just scoop and score or just fall on the ball, it's situational. And that's what you love about Eberflus and his assessment of that. Yeah, and these are actually fundamental things, but these fundamental things had been lacking in the previous regime. They just were, like things like that. I remember the 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 scramble drill thing from early what was that in training camp yeah. when Darnell Mooney talked about how he doesn't remember them ever practicing the scramble drill when you had a rookie quarterback yeah. who can run a 4-3. That seemed unbelievable, but that was the case and you know that that was so there had to be a story out of oh the Bears practice well yeah, most teams practice the fun the, the fumble drill. So it, it's good to see and know that your head coach, Matt Eberflus, has got the, the rudimentary part of this thing down. Talking to Corey Wooten and about that uh, scramble drill, he said not only is it good for the offense, but it's good for the defense. So the fact that he didn't do it, it's not just because your receivers not knowing what they're doing. It's not preparing your defense to the best of your abilities Amen. as well. Uh, well. Hopefully we prepared you to the best of our abilities for the Chicago Bears game on Sunday. Kickoff at 12 o'clock. You can listen to it on our sister station, WBBM AM. But the pregame right here on 670 The Score with Patrick Manley, Mully, and Heron, I believe, is the trio. Uh, so make sure you guys listen for that. want to thank our guest today, Paul Schwartz from the New York Post. want to thank our producer extraordinaire holding us down, Adam Stadzinski. For Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody. Mark, you got a busy week ahead of yourself. Weekend ahead of yourself. Going to New York City tomorrow. I got a pack. Look I at that. Pack. One of my least favorite cities in the entire country. What? <laughs> All right. For Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, mi gente, hasta la próxima. Until next time, this is 670 The Score. Can I finish, please? Can I finish? Okay, I'm finished. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.